Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me today. It's good to be here. And I was thinking a lot about that thing I said about forgiveness last time, about having people to forgive. Oh, the list is long, (laughs) unfortunately. I was reading last year when I was just setting up my new business, I was reading all kinds of self-help books, one of them being Get Rich, Lucky Bitch. (laughs) Yeah, a provocative title. But she talked about how forgiveness was one of the things that you had to absolutely work on so that you could move on into your abundant life. And she had us make a list of people to forgive. And, oh, it was unfortunately long. And she said to pick one each day and really work on it as a meditation, you know, and let them go and let it go. Whatever weird little thing that you're resentful or angry about, just let it go. So there were some on that list that were very easy. You know, I could, I could benevolently reach out and surround them with white light and send them love and say, it's all right, it's okay, I heal this, I want to wash this moment away and forget about it, and it's fine. And there were others that I kept avoiding and kept avoiding and kept passing on because I was like, nope, that's going to take months and years and I don't have that kind of time right now. And so, needless to say, those, those last prickly few are still sitting on that list. And maybe when I am on some gorgeous Aegean beach somewhere, I will meditate the shit out of that and <laughs> get it done. Get it done. But one of the other people that I realized that I have to repeatedly, repeatedly forgive is myself. Of course. You know, that one is ongoing work. And I have done some stupid, stupid things in my life, and I have hurt people, and I have made gigantic mistakes. And most of the time, they were because I was ignorant of various circumstances that had to do with whatever problem I think I was trying to tackle. So one of those is a story that I forgot about this trip to Italy when we were announcing the pregnancy. I mean, I was really so grateful to be getting back in touch with my cousin Laura. Our lives had taken us in different directions, and I was really glad to be having the chance to hang out with her and cook with her and live with her and laugh with her and talk with her. And it was so nice because my cousins were so integral to my growing up and my childhood, and I really wanted them to continue to be 
core members of my inner circle as my life as an adult continue to develop. However, one conversation that I had with Lauren Italy proved to be a huge challenge to the integrity of our relationship. During those carefree days of summer on the Mediterranean, we often took the opportunity to go aside with one or the other family member to have these long heart-to-heart conversations because, you know, the rigors of daily life just don't seem to give you time for those kind of things. You don't have time to really delve into how are you? You know, we ask that question all the time. Hey, how are you? But it's such a casual, throwaway question most of the time. And do you really want an answer when you ask that question? Do you want anything more than for the person to just go, oh, fine, fine? Or do you want them to really tell you something? Is it a real question? So when you have leisure moments, like summer vacations, you have the time to really listen to the answer to that question. So one afternoon down at the sea, after Bruno had departed for Paris in his rickety Citroën, (laughs) I decided I really wanted to hear more from Laura about her relationship. And so she and I decided to go off for a swim, just the two of us, and to get in some topless tanning away from the eyes of our brothers and cousins. We took a swim out to the nearby Pebble Beach, which was hidden from view of our usual swimming hole by some huge rocks. And we clambered up onto the beach and out onto a nice flat rock and took off the tops of our suits and lay back. And it was there that I asked Laura to tell me how her relationship with Bruno was really developing. And she told me in confidence that he was bipolar. She didn't call it that at the time because we didn't call it that at the time. We called it manic depression. And she described the joy of being with him when he was in a high period, how creative they both felt, how the sex was awesome, how romantic and wonderful he was. But then she started to speak about his dark periods of depression and how she dreaded them. She began to cry and then to weep as she confessed that she was terrified living from day to day and wondering if he would survive this terrible sadness and inertia to emerge again into the light. He had decided that he did not want to take the medications that the doctors said would help him because he felt that they were conceding weakness, that if he took medicine, that it was because he was broken and that he couldn't master this situation himself. So there was a certain amount of, you know, ego there, like, no, 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 I am strong enough to beat this. And I guess that's because we didn't really know enough about this illness then, and he didn't know enough, or he wasn't being advised well by doctors, because he, he absolutely refused to take the medications. And I know that medication isn't a catch-all, cure-all for everything, but sometimes it is. Some things are just chemical. And if you can turn that chemical imbalance back to a better place with medication, there's no shame in that. And it may turn your life around and help you a lot. So I didn't know enough to say anything about that at the time. And I was just listening. And then Laura told me that they had agreed to get married and that they were engaged. And I think that maybe that they hadn't told their families quite yet. 
I let her speak, only prompting when I didn't really understand. And I think she didn't understand entirely either. But this was all new for me at the time and also for her. But as she trembled and wept, I grew very afraid for her. And I didn't feel that I could just listen and say nothing. I was shocked and scared, and I ended up saying very stridently that she absolutely should not bind herself for life to this situation and this person, especially if he was not willing to help himself and to try to get his health in hand and to do what the doctor said. And I absolutely just said, do not marry him. You cannot do this. She was very upset at my words. And she thought that I was not being sympathetic and that I couldn't see how much she loved him and how much she needed him and how important this relationship was to her. And I did, but I was, you know, I didn't know him and I was choosing her in this situation and thinking, no, I have to save the person that I love. And so I was really insistent and really upset. And she was angry with me. And this rift created a silence between us for quite a while after that. And when she announced her engagement to the family, everyone else was delighted and like, oh, how exciting, how wonderful. But I was horrified that it felt like she hadn't heard me and my worry for her and my concern didn't make a difference. So I went and I talked to my mom and I talked to my aunt, but they thought I was exaggerating. And they pointed to Laura's joy as proof that everything was well. And it was all fine. And I think people want to rally around the good things. They want to celebrate the happinesses. And they're willing not to examine them too much. And after all, it was young love. And that should be celebrated, right? When people are in love and happy and want to be together, that should be celebrated. But I was very nervous and I just decided, okay, if nobody agrees with me, then maybe I'm wrong and maybe it'll all be fine. And maybe she'll convince him for her sake to take medicine and to get to the bottom of it and try to manage it. And I hoped that would be the case. And I left Italy with this sadness, but I was going back to my little domestic bliss So I put it out of my mind for a while. You know, we are myopic in that way. We see what is right in front of us. And Laura was off in Paris, living her life and loving her relationship. And after all, who was I to say? I had made many mistakes in relationships. So you know what? It would work out. So on to baby bliss very soon next time. Thank you for being here. And all things will be resolved one day. All debts will be paid. (laughs) Okay. See you next time. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com.
Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.